Hey, Madupe, have you heard about the Netflix culture deck? I have. I, I've heard about it since it came out. So one of the big themes of this very famous Netflix culture deck that really made the rounds in Silicon Valley when it was written is sort of this idea of treating people like adults. Like you set a mission, you set a purpose, you you create values for a company, and then you let people decide how they're going to deliver on those things. You let them decide things like, how many vacation days am I going to take? How am I going to travel? Because this sort of mission and purpose has been communicated and ingrained in people's hearts and minds, and this makes them more flexible and more nimble and more innovative and creative. And look at Netflix. What do you think about all that? Sounds good in theory, but, you know, I'm not sure how well that would work in practice or across organizations. Right. Well, so a lot of people are skeptical like you. And our next speaker was integral in writing the Netflix culture deck. Her name is Patty McCord. And she's kind of fed up with people thinking this isn't possible. And especially after spending a year where we've all kind of had to act like adults. But she has some interesting insights into this. And I think we should listen to this talk together. I think we should, too. This is Ted Business, and I'm Madupa Akinola, a professor at Columbia Business School. And I'm Corey Hagem, Ted's business curator. And after a quick break, we'll hear from Patty McCord. I've spent the last couple of years traveling around the world, giving talks to big corporations and little bitty startups and lots of leadership teams and women's groups. And what I've been talking to people about, I've been trying really hard to convince people that we can change the way we work. But every time I do a talk, somebody comes backstage or follows me off stage and says, you know, I'm so inspired by what you say. It's so great. It makes so much sense. But we can't. We can't because we're, we're regulated. We can't because our CFO says we can't do it. We can't because we're in Europe. We can't because we're a service industry. We can't because we're a nonprofit. And then last year came the pandemic. And the pandemic changed everything all over the world. Service people started realizing that they had to suit up and wear masks and take temperatures and wash their hands. We had to start standing six feet apart in lines. We started working from home. We started working virtually. And we started learning all kinds of things because we had to. All that muscle around innovation and flexibility and creativity that we didn't think we had, we had all along. And we now have realized that we can. So what have we learned? I mean, what did we learn right away? First of all, we learned we're not family. The family is the toddler walking around behind you in the Zoom call with the pet. The family is somebody needing their diaper change. The family is making sure you're taking care of your mom. That's your family. This is your team. And we've also learned that that separation between family and work and is become this balancing act. And that when we used to say, well, this is my work home and this is my family home, and those are two completely different things, for many of us, it's exactly the same thing. You're no longer at home and at work 
for many of us, work is at home and the home is at, and it's confusing and it's creating a whole different level of complexity and coordination so that we understand that it's easier actually to work when we can separate the work that we do as a team from the work that we do in our family. Furthermore, in order to be able to do all that, we have to recognize that we're all adults. And here's the deal about adults. Adults have responsibilities, adults have obligations, adults have things that they have to commit to. And do you know that every single person that works for you from the shop floor to the executive suite is a grown-up? But we have been operating as if they aren't. We operate as if only the smart adults are the people who are at the C-suite. And as we move through the organization, everybody sort of gets a little dumbed down and the rules get a lot stricter and we have to have more control. And the truth is, everybody's a grown-up. We can see it now. Everybody has all of these things to figure out and coordinate. And so now we're expecting from people adult behavior. Can you pause it? Sure. Okay, I need us to talk here because I lose it when she starts saying the other stuff. Yeah. If you don't mind. So, so Corey, here's my biggest challenge is like, how do you figure out this adult thing in some ways? Because, you know, she's saying here that we're expected to be adults. Adults have responsibilities. Adults have obligations. And so can't we just treat people like adults? But the thing is, sometimes as adults, we don't know how to best prioritize things. And we sometimes do need rules to help me know my trade-offs between the multiple responsibilities and obligations I have. So I'm just struggling with that balance. Mm-hmm a lot in what she's saying. Well, I think it's interesting what you're saying is that in some ways that's putting a lot on that person to have them decide everything on their own. And in some ways, rules really free you up to focus on the things that you need to focus on. And so maybe I don't want to make all those decisions by myself. Right. And then the other thing, though, is you know, okay, I'm a nerd and I looked up uh, adult. <laughs> and according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, I'm it afraid says, of what you're going to say. Yeah, It says <laughs> fully developed and mature, grown up. Hmm. Like that, that's, the, that's the most important one. And I feel like people in organizations are developing and maturing. So a question we should all ask ourselves about this new stage that we're in is where do I need more maturing? And if our organizations can help us a little bit, then this idea of not having to have as many rules could fly across the board. Mm. I don't know. I'm getting a little like turned around in my head about when a rule can liberate us versus when a rule constrains us. And I think that's a tricky thing. I don't know that it's a hard and fast, like, treat everybody like they're fully developed and mature and grown up and whether or not that is even possible. I do think it's interesting that she said we think people in the C-suite are more adult than people lower down on the ladder. And I actually worry that if we don't have rules 
that that can be exacerbated, actually, because sometimes people at senior levels are given more leeway around certain things. And if there aren't rules, then, you know, that could be taken advantage of. And then what's your recourse around that? That is ultimately about power dynamics and what it means when you have power and what freedoms you have. And we know that people with power can take advantage of it. That's right. And we've seen that in the sexual harassment that's been going on in organizations. So so again, like the thing that I love is that we are adults. I'm just wondering what the boundaries are because I know I'm not mature and fully formed and developed and need some elements of rules to be effective in my role. So that's, yeah. But we can hear more. Let's, what else does she have to say? What are you snacking on, Madupe? Apples. We're now focusing on the results that matter, not the work. And the way we track it now is we don't walk by and see who's working. We pay attention to what people are doing. And I think that that has always been the best metric. And you know what? For the first time in my life, the concept of best practices is out the window. And you know what? We don't care what Google's doing because we're not Google. (laughs) We don't care what some other company is doing. Nobody's doing it best. We're all figuring it out as we go along, and we're figuring it out for our organizations in our teams at this time. So in order for people to deliver the right results, in order for people's hard work to matter, it has to be in the context of what success looks like for your organization. I know I said I wouldn't do this, but can we talk about this for a second? Totally. I want to talk about this too. Mm -hmm. This part of Patty's talk, I really agree with. I love Mm -hmm. that she's focusing on the results, not the sort of methodology and this idea of throwing best practices out the window, because I do think that a lot of times we get stuck on this idea of best practices, like this worked, we'll just keep doing it, we'll just keep doing it. And it does kind of inhibit innovation and creativity. And I do like the idea that you have to find your own way as a person and as an organization. And what you should be judged on is how things turned out. Sorry. It's so true. I'm I'm just emphasizing, like you're looking at me like I'm, it's so true. That's a place where I think not having rules or not always sticking to certain rules can breed that creativity that she's talking about because you can look within and say, in my organization, this is going to work best for us and be bold and brave in trying that out. Right. And she's not saying don't measure things. She's saying don't have rules that inhibit people's freedom to decide how they get something done rather than just what they get done. Right. No, I like that. I I think that's really powerful. It's all interesting. It's all very interesting. All right. Should we hit it? Shall we go back? So in order for people to deliver the right results— In order for people's hard work to matter, it has to be in the context of what success looks like for your organization. So if we start to think about context, it's really important that we think about how we teach that. If we can teach everybody in the company how to read a profit and loss statement, if we can teach them what the different teams do and what they're setting out to accomplish, then people within their own small teams and within themselves can figure out what excellence looks like for them. And so then we can start operating relatively independently as a whole organization because we're all moving in the same direction, trying to do the same thing. 
And there's a really critically important part of making that work, and that's communication. And everything about communication has changed. We tend to think that communication is this waterfall from the top to the bottom. The executives would tell somebody and the next level would tell somebody and we'd go all the way down to the shop floor and everybody would understand what's going on. Well, it may not have worked that well then, but it certainly doesn't work that well now. So now we have to recognize it's a different heartbeat. What has it been before and what should it be now? How do we make sure that the messages are clear and consistent? Because that's how people operate. That's how those adults who get the freedom and the responsibility to produce great results operate best is when they understand what they need to know in order to make the best decisions. So that communication, that, that skill around being a great communicator is something that each of us needs to get better at. One of the things we have to do is think about what the right discipline is for that. If you used to communicate to your team by walking by and asking how they're doing, or if they had heard something, you're gonna have to schedule that now. It's going to have to have discipline. We've gotta check in with the people on the shop floor to make sure they're hearing what they need to hear because it's not going to automatically happen. One of the ideas I have is like, just jot down at the end of every day, a sentence of what worked and what didn't work. And you don't have to look at it for a month. But when you look at back over a month, you wanna look for, wow, that was surprising. I didn't really think that would be as effective as it is. Or maybe it would be like, we keep trying to have this meet, this in-person meeting in Zoom, and it turns out that there's 14 people on the call and only two of them are talking. Maybe it's an email. So we have to rethink all of the ways, not just the work we're doing, but the ways we're doing it. So now I'm starting to hear a lot of nostalgia around the way it used to be. There are things we aren't doing now that don't matter. Maybe we don't need to go back for five levels of approval. Maybe we don't need to go back and do that annual performance review. Maybe we don't need to do a whole bunch of things that were part of the way we do business that just aren't making a difference. You know what? The way we used to do it not only is not the way of the future, but we're discovering so many wonderful things right now. Let's not lose it. We want to create a new organization, new workforce that's excited about taking all of the things that we've learned, using that muscle, going forward. One of the most important things that we can do is realize the things that we aren't doing now the stuff that we've stopped doing, and not go back and do it again. What if we don't go back? What if we go forward and rethink the way we work? Thank you. I really love the way Patty ends this talk because I feel like it reminds us not to let this moment pass us by. I mean, mm -hmm. we're all talking about getting back to the way things were, but as she said, like, we've learned a lot over the past year, and it's been hard, but there's been some good things and that we should be really mindful and deliberate about noting that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that is really good. And as we think about that, it's in what contexts are rules needed and what contexts are they less critical? You know, we asked ourselves the question earlier, like, what are good and bad rules. So she gave the example of 
certain things don't need five levels of approval. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. Like the communication going out to everybody. Some of it doesn't need to go to the lawyers as much as it might have before. But when I think of diversity, equity, and inclusion and other things like that, I think we do need levels of approval and rules that allow us to be more fair and less biased because there are certain contexts in which we don't act like adults or don't treat every adult fairly. What if it's it's sort of like we need rules when we need to protect people from things? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's definitely an area where people need to be protected. And yeah. There are other things like three levels of approval to buy a new laptop where you don't want people to take advantage of the situation. But on the other hand, do you really think, you know, there are a lot of people who are going to take advantage of that system? Right. So it's sort of like rules that protect us and also maybe free us up to not worry about particular things. Like the rule is this. Okay, well, I don't even have to think about that because I just then do it that way. And the rules that protect people from bad behavior or discrimination or safety, those are really important. We shouldn't get rid of those. I think that could work. But then I have a moment, I'm like, I wanted to create a framework <laughs> where you it's are like, a business school professor. So I framework am after away. All, can't I just, you know? Um, so I was wondering if we could segment into it in rules that protect people. Yes, we need to be really careful and make sure that the right ones are in place. But I'm wondering if we need to revisit some of the rules that were intended to really, 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 really protect the organization. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying we do away with those. I just think that we need to investigate and re-examine them more. Mm -hmm. So a rule to protect the organization from someone stealing money means you need to have 10 levels of approval before you get a new pen. Right. Can we look at these a little bit? differently now because people are working from home and they need pens at home and we're, we'll be okay. Like, so, so things like that. I'm wondering, can we do, what do you think about my framework? What would you add? Is there another axis? Can it be a two by two? (laughs) So it's rules that protect people versus rules that protect the organization. I mean, on the other axis, it could be what, um, empowers people mm. versus what inhibits people. Ooh, I and like then, like, that. People organization inhibit and, okay, we're getting... I think this is the, turning into a the, beautiful the framework. The Akinola Hagem framework. Right. Thank so you, there's Patty. Thank people, you. there's organization, there's empower, there's inhibit. Inhibit. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And I'm each rule it. could be plotted on this beautiful... Two by two. Two by two. Um, and considered. And I, you know, I think Patty's point is well taken. Like, there's just, in most cases, probably too much oversight over lots of little things. And we've seen over the past year, people really perform and really do all that they can to support their organizations. Um, Probably too much, probably working too hard. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't just go back. We should go forward. That's it for today. Our producer is Kim Nader-Fain-Peterza. Eliza Solomon is our fact checker. And Sam Baer mixes the show. Special thanks to Michelle Quint, Anna Phelan, and Colin Helms. 
I'm Corey Hajem. And I'm Madupa Akinola. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>